This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is March first, two thousand twenty-one. As always, I am joined by my co-host Luke Silvia. What's up? And we are also joined by a special guest this evening, Adam Papa Giorgio um, of the Penny and Pops podcast, formerly of Magic Basketball Online. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. Super, super excited. So um, we really brought Adam on, obviously, to talk some Orlando Magic hoops. Uh, but unless you've been living underneath a rock the past few weeks, you have probably been exposed to the phenomenon that right now that is NBA top shot. So um, Adam seems to be as well-versed as anybody I know <laughs> in NBA top shot. So we are seeking his expertise and hoping that it's going to lead to some fun conversation. So we're going to get to that in a little bit. We are going to talk some Orlando magic basketball first. Um, so we're going to quickly run through the weekly state of the magic. So this week, the magic went 0 and three with a home loss to the Detroit Pistons, a loss on the road to the Brooklyn Nets, and then returned home to close out the week with a loss to the Utah jazz magic currently sit with a record of 13 wins, 21 losses as of tonight is good for a 13th place in the Eastern conference. They sit three games out of the eighth seed, but also the ninth and 10th play in seeds. Orlando currently has the fifth worst record in the NBA. If the NBA draft lottery was tonight, gentlemen, the Magic would have a 45.2% chance of securing a top four pick, as well as an 11.5% chance of securing the number one overall pick in the draft. Orlando is currently 28th in the league in offensive rating at 105.1 and 19th in the league in defensive rating at 111.7. However, in the last 10 games, the Magic are seventh in defensive rating in the league at 109.4. And Luke is going to take away with the injury report. Yeah, so thankfully the injury report is smaller than it's been. Uh, Ennis is day-to-day with that left calf injury that he got against the Nets. Um, he missed that game against the Jazz. And then Cole Anthony, as you guys know, still out with his right rib injury after the uh, infamous uh, Twitch reveal on, on stream of his injury. Um, now wearing a uh, sling to stabilize the arm. And then AG is also still out, as you guys know, and is expected to be out until after All-Star break. So, uh, Jonathan, I'm glad that that injury report is uh, a little little shorter than it than it usually is. So that that's a relief. But um, hopefully we can get – we'll have obviously Ennis back soon. But hopefully we can get Cole and AG back here shortly. But, I mean, with Cole in a sling, I don't know what that – if they've – what the timetable really is particularly. But – so we mentioned that AG is going to be out after the All-Star break. And this week, uh, Tuesday, actually, um, it was announced, and I, I'm wearing my 2018-19 Nikola Vucevic <laughs> All-Star jersey, um, just because it felt right. But Nikola Vucevic has been named uh, as an Eastern All-Star reserve, averaging 24 points, 11.6 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting 48% from the floor and 41% from the three-point line. So, Adam, I wanted to ask you just your thoughts on Vooch this season, making the all-star team, and then were you perhaps maybe a little bit surprised that he actually made it? Um, Actually, I was not surprised because I I was tweeting about it, I think, for at least 24 hours before the vote came out. But 
coaches have a much bigger respect for Vooch's game than the actual national media does. So even though most of the non-Magic media was absolutely surprised, I wasn't. Um, anybody that's actually talked to the you know the head coaches that actually do the voting would know that Vooch just is more respected than some of the guys that might have actually been perceived as snubs. Vooch is the number one option, you know, scoring option for the Magic, and so. He's got, you know, they got to deal with, you know, did we want to double team him or not? You know, are we, are we going to, you know, make him, you know, make him a triple double threat? You know, we'll see, you know, who knows, but I mean, it's, it's been a career season for Vooch and, you know, he's in his prime right now. He's not athletically dependent on his skill set on, on what he's doing right now. So he could be doing this for another three, four years, but no, I mean, like I, I was, I was until they actually revealed that he got in, you know, I think Shams broke the news, I think like a full hour before the yeah. TNT broadcast. So I'm sure the mm-hmm. Turner folks were happy about that, but uh, <laughs> you know, at, still until you actually see it happen, you don't know, obviously, but uh, I had a good feeling he'd get in, but I, I was very, very happy. And I'm sure everybody in the Magic organization was super happy for him. And he's a two-time All-Star now, you know, it's one, and he's been voted in both times. He hasn't been like an add-in in the past. Look right, yeah, here. and that's the, yeah, that's the thing with, with Vooch, man, is that was what the, the reason that magic fans were optimistic. That was the big thing you heard around Twitter, especially was, Oh, well, you know, it was like this the last time. And the coaches got him in and had the final say a lot of people kind of have, you know, who don't watch the magic because shocking the magic aren't their league pass team. Um, but they, they don't know. They, they don't have any idea about Vooch and how, just how good and consistent he is. They don't know that he shoots, you know, the, the 40% from three on whatever it is, almost seven attempts um, a game, which is absurd. And we've talked about it, you know, countless times because Vooch is that, you know, shining bright spot for a franchise that we just are now seeing get back into the playoffs. But um, I, I've seen a lot of disrespect for Vooch since it got announced. I've seen people on podcasts say, um, you know, Vooch isn't all-star like uh, popularity. He he shouldn't be there because, you know, at all-star weekend, they say it's the most like, you know, uh, players trying to recruit everybody at all-star weekend. And they always say things like, you know, Vooch, nobody's trying to recruit Vooch at all-star weekend. Nobody's wanting to hang out with Vooch at all-star weekend, which I think is disrespectful um, because he's incredible. And we all know that. And we have front row seats to that every game of the year. Um, and, and Vooch is just like, he, he, he doesn't get injured. He doesn't like, I mean, he's been incredible since he was named an all-star two years ago. Um, the respect needs to be given to Vucevic. Um, I don't care that his game might not be the sexiest, but if you're giving me a guy that can step out to the perimeter, um, and then can also make just freaking hook shots and at any moment's notice from the right hand or left hand. Um, I mean, give me that guy. I mean, he's, he's great. He's incredible. Um, it's been awesome to see him. I'm glad, you know, on the magic and I'm really glad that he got the nod. I wasn't sure, um, with the way our season has gone, I didn't know if we could have anything nice this year. So I was really happy to see that Vooch got named to the all-star team. Um, it did come as a surprise a little bit just because of, you know, Sabonis, um, and, and how great he's played. But I mean, if you line it up and you look, Vucevic is the better player at this current time might not be the way when it's all said and done because Sabonis is still very young, but, um, with all that saying, I mean, really, really happy for Vooch. So I have an objection to that. I actually do think the way that Vooch plays is very sexy. Like I enjoy watching him play. Like he has a, he has, okay, don't, don't start with me. Okay. I, I know where you're going. Okay. 
you know what I mean. But in my opinion, he has a rare skill set as far as like the back to the basket, um, you know, like the, 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 the hooks and everything like that. So when he's rolling like that, you know, he's even, I mean, obviously we all love when he's hitting threes, but when he's hitting like the 18 footers, um, you know, he's getting his little dream shake action. He's hitting hook shots. I, I love watching Vooch do a lot of that stuff. So I wasn't, I wasn't surprised as much as I was relieved that he made the all-star team just because I did kind of get roped into all of the media personalities literally across the board. Like that day, no one had Vooch as an Eastern all-star reserve. Uh, I thought Sabonis was going to get in just because of how good the Pacers had been out. And, you know, they traded Oladipo. They've been without Karis LeVert. Um, And then Julius Randle, New York Knicks would have been, you know, his first all-star game. So that would have been like the sexy big market pick. So I kind of got roped into a lot of that. But when I saw the tweet from Shams come across, I was just like, thank God. Like yeah. two two instances this season where I've just been absolutely completely elated by the magic. One was the Cole Anthony game winner and then Vooch being named to the all-star team. I think those are by far and away the two brightest spots of the season so far. So um, super happy for Vooch. Um, I think he's incredibly deserving. And I'm hoping to see what, I don't know, have either of you seen, have the all-star jerseys been leaked for what they're going to look like? Because I'm really hoping to get another Vucevic one this year. I haven't seen it. I, I could have sworn I saw mock-ups of it like a month ago. Somebody tweeted out, but I haven't seen the official ones yet. I mean, I, I personally like it when the all-star format is actually East versus West instead of the whole captain's thing, which we're going to have to deal with Vooch probably being picked last in that format as <laughs> yeah. well which I think happened last time. I, I would have been, I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't picked last, last time, but uh, look, Vooch, he's only two magic players have played every single magic game this season. It's Vooch and Dwayne Bacon. So Bacon without, later. and without Vooch, the magic would be lucky to have five wins. Let, let's be honest yep. here. And you know, the, the record's not good, but the magic would be the worst team in the NBA without, you know, without him. And obviously the coaches not only rewarded that, but obviously realized that, I'm really happy DeMontis Sabonis did get in because, look, Indiana is a pretty good team, and they've been, you know, holding their own between, uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and, and Sabonis and, you know, wait till they get Karis LeVert back, you know, because they've had T.J. Warren out now. So, um, you know, that, that's a good pacer team. So I'm, gl- I'm glad he got in. But if you just look at the statistics, you look at the efficiency. I mean, I, I saw the stat, what, last night that Vooch is seventh in the league in defensive win shares, which I didn't know, you know, and if you don't know what defensive win shares are, you can look it up, you know, you can search it on basketball reference of proper definition, but Vooch isn't known at all for any type of defensive work. Like he's, he's an average defender. Like he's, he's a much better team defender than actual one-on-one guy, you know, as Mm -hmm. we saw in the, in the Utah game against Gobert, but you know, some of that too is having actual wings that can defend and help you in that. But uh, I mean, look, Booch has deserved it, and I, I am curious to see the uh, the All Star jerseys because I uh, the Vooch jersey All Star jersey I have is is the white one, which, which is I, the correct one. But it was not offered in the Orlando Magic online shop. It might have been offered for like two days at the arena or at the team shop in the arena, but it wasn't offered online. So actually the Vooch jersey I own is a bootleg jersey from China because That's I couldn't amazing. find it anywhere. So, so hopefully yeah. the magic actually get their act together and put that Jersey out online because I was looking for it. It wasn't offered. So I'd like it to actually be offered this time. So and hopefully it's tip, nice. Just a tip uh, for anybody that's looking to, to get one. So I have the black one, which is not the all-star Jersey that he actually wore 
in the game in 2019. He wore the white jersey. However, my wife found this on the um, NBA or Euro shop. So she actually ordered this from Europe and it took like three weeks to get here. But that was the only way I could get one. She couldn't find one on the, you know, NBA shop or the Orlando Magic team shop. She has a friend that lives in Orlando. She went to the arena. She couldn't find it there either. So, yes, hopefully the Magic get their act together. And I'm so happy that you brought up the fact that Nikola Nikola Vucevic will probably be picked last um, in the the, the all-star draft because – People have been talking about how Kevin Durant tweeted out in the end of 2019 (laughs) that uh, Vucevic is so entertaining to watch. He's so talented. And I wanted to ask you guys, am I wrong for thinking that Kevin Durant was completely trolling when he tweeted that? Because people think he's really serious. No, he is serious. He was because when he tweeted that he was out, I think, with injury. So he's actually he was spending one of the you know, he was was during that stretch where he's watching a lot of league pass and whatnot. But I'm 100 percent certain he was serious about it. And it because even though Durant's not playing in the game and Sabonis is replacing him, Durant's still going to be the captain. He's still going to be picking guys. So we talk, you know, one, one of you guys mentioned how. You know, he's not probably the most popular guy to try and uh, flirt with and get on your team, but you've got a couple of teams that could use a really good center. You know, Brooklyn shipped Jared Allen out and they still got to deal with DeAndre Jordan. So Brooklyn might be interesting to keep an eye on. They don't have much to trade, obviously, but the team that does is Boston, who's got picks and, you know, the trade exception exemption that they can actually take Vooch's salary in. So it'd be interesting to see actually if Vooch does indeed get picked last and to see what type of you know compliments he gets from some of his East peers during that weekend. Well, and that's the thing is like, it goes along with the coaching when the coach is getting him into the all-star game, right? Like KD is a guy that, you know, being an NBA player is one of the, the guys who will, you know, break down film and see Vucevic on film and see him in person. Coaches do the same, obviously, so it only makes sense that that they are actually appreciative of his game. Yes, from from an outsider looking in who doesn't think of it from that perspective of oh, he's probably serious because you know, like I said, he's watching footage of, of Vooch. He he, you know, maybe enjoys his footwork and just appreciates the little aspects of his game that the outsider and the common viewer does not see. Um, so, so I think that it's fair to say that he's serious, but I also can understand that people who think he's trolling because the people who think that he's trolling are people that probably don't appreciate Vooch's game. So and, and to the, to the full, like they're a hundred percent certain he was trolling. Um, but I can see it from, you know, maybe both perspectives, but I, I, I would like to think that he's serious. Um, I, I haven't put too much thought into it since he tweeted it really, but, um, it's definitely one of those tweets that gets thrown around, uh, by magic Twitter every now and then when we get bored or when, you know, all-star games are coming up and, and Katie's going to be picking. So it'll be interesting to, to see where Vooch falls, um, and then get to see him actually play in the all-star game. I mean, he's just so consistent, um, I'm never worried about him and even in an all-star game, he's never too high, never too low. I'm never worried about him getting like a first shot in an all-star game from beyond the arc and him airballing. I'm just not. I, I, and especially if it's a mid range, one of those, you know, 18 footers, it's gone in. It doesn't matter. It's he's, he's incredible. I was happy for him last time because, you know, he got to play next to Dirk Nowitzki, which was really awesome. And mm-hmm. look, there's good. There, he definitely had jitters in that game. He played well. He, I mean, he got very few touches, but I mean, he played pretty well. He actually got on the board and that's all that matters. And when you're a, a big man in, in the all-star game, yeah. usually it's a guards game. So, but 
I can actually see Vooch getting a little loose with it in this in this game coming, you know, in this game coming up. And I I really want to see Vooch in the three point shootout because he actually deserves to be in it. That would be interesting. And the the skills competition, he he almost made it far in that. He you know obviously look mobility isn't his thing. So when it came down to the full court portion of the skills competition, (laughs) it didn't work out for him. But I think in a three-point shootout, you know, obviously it, it's a little tough when you're seven foot tall. You got to reach down further, pick the ball off the rack. But I would like to see Vooch in this comp in that competition. I think he'd actually do pretty good. No, I would like to see that. And let me just follow up my KD comment with this. So, just I did a little bit of digging. So that night, the Magic were playing the Atlanta Hawks um, on NBA TV. They lost uh, 101 to 93 to the Hawks. Vooch actually played really well in that game. Uh, 27 points, six rebounds, 12 of 19 from the floor, two of four from three. However, that same night, the Nets were playing the Timberwolves um, and the Nets lost in overtime. So at the time of the tweet, there were, I remember there being a lot of people that are like, oh, he's trolling because the Magic are on NBA TV instead of, you know, him being able to watch the Nets or whatever. I'm sure he had, you know, ways to watch the Nets if he really wanted to. But, um, but Kevin Durant has also been very complimentary of Vooch in the past, like, pre-games when the Thunder you know would play the Magic he's called Vooch one of the best bigs in the league and, and things like that before so but with KD in my opinion you just never know because he's always willing to throw some shots Twitter on Twitter exactly <laughs> exactly so anyways this past week as well uh, we've been waiting on the second half of the NBA schedule to be released um, and that rule was released um, this past week here so um, according to uh, positiveresiduals.com, an analytics website. Uh, they have ranked the Magic as, as having the toughest second half of the schedule in the entire NBA. So, uh, Adam, I guess we can start with you. Why is that or is that not significant? I mean, it's extremely significant, whether you're pro-tanking or not pro-tanking. You know, if you want this team to make the playoffs, you don't want the Magic dealing with the toughest schedule in the league when they still got all these injuries that they're dealing with. But even just from a traveling perspective, uh, we don't have to go into the specifics, but I mean, out of the gate, I think they go, they, they start the second half of the schedule at Miami, then at San Antonio the very next night, and then back at home playing the Heat again. Like there's, there's, there's some inefficiencies in this second half schedule that were not an issue in the first half. And they're all crammed together. I, I don't, I'd be surprised the Magic had more than one, uh, one period during the second half of the schedule where they have two days off. I, I'd be surprised. I, I haven't looked at it that closely. But, I mean, there's if you're pro-tanking, you like the schedule because even if, if the front office doesn't deal away a, a veteran or two, or a player or two organically this team is not is just not in a good position to win let's let's be honest when you're dealing with a brutal schedule and you're dealing with all these tough teams that you're going up against that are all playoff teams and your roster is decimated that it's been all season you lead the league in most games missed due to injury it, it's it's going to be tough for them for the team so just taking a, a quick look here. So um, you mentioned, uh, you know, just the few periods where they have significant time off. So actually um, you, you talked about that Thursday, Friday at Miami, at San Antonio, then that Sunday um, they're home from Miami. Then they actually have three days off. Um, and then in April, I believe uh, they have two separate stints of having two days off. So, but then after that, they don't have two days off for the rest of the season. But the March is just absolutely brutal. So we know that we have Dallas, Atlanta this week before the All-Star break. But then it's Miami, San Antonio, Miami, Knicks, Nets, 
Celtics, Nuggets, Suns, Blazers, Lakers, Clippers. Like that is, that's the whole season, right? Right there. I mean, I've been saying for like I don't know three, four, five weeks that prior to the All Star break is really going to be the season. But with the the trade deadline being the twenty fifth, Luke, like we're we're looking down the barrel right now. Yeah, yeah. I um, the second half of the schedule is not fun when you know it's bad. When analytically it's like the worst um, <laughs> of anybody in the league. Um, you know, Magic fans, I hope you guys enjoyed that that six and two start where the schedule wasn't the toughest um, because it's it's going to get bad. It's going to get really ugly, um, and there's going to be a whole lot of L's on the second half of the schedule. Um, I don't know, you know, if if it'll end up looking worse than the first half of the schedule solely because hopefully the Magic have guys back. Um, but the schedule is not helping them at all um, and probably shoots their chances down of, you know, trying to get even that, that 10 spot. I mean, it's just teams on, on the bottom half that are around the magic are, some of them are getting better. They're getting better and they don't have the toughest schedule. And so that bodes well for them. Um, You know, some of those teams haven't made the playoffs in a while or whatever it may be. Um, So they're definitely going to push for it because as we know, making the playoffs does does the fan base very well and the organization very well if you haven't been there in a while. Um, so now Magic fans, I mean, do you guys think two years ago, if this were the case, before the Magic had made the playoffs, right? If this were the case, same scenario, we're, we're in a COVID season, second half of the schedule gets released, all blah, blah, blah. Do you think that there is a majority tank crowd or do you think it's – people wanting to push for the playoffs because at that point the magic hadn't made the playoffs in so long where where do you guys fall on that like if if it were the same exact scenario as we have right now do you think there are still a lot of pro tankers or do you think there's people that are tired of trying to you know reach their hand under the draft and pick out a gem where they want to make the playoffs because it had been so long i mean if if we're are we assuming the team's still decimated by injury Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same exact situation. But I I mean, then I mean, again, you don't really have a say in it, then because if you don't have the actual bodies, if you're missing all these talented, you know, all your talent due to injury, I mean, it's it's a tough situation to be in. I think it'd be more people saying, you know, know, wanting the team to go go for a playoff spot for sure. But I mean, it's the reason why the magic put, you know, two years ago, we're definitely pushing for a playoff spot. Obviously what, you know, we had the playoff drought as well, but there was some playoff revenue involved with that. You know, you're guaranteed to host two playoff games at Amway center at minimum, you know, in a, in a non COVID-19 season, you know, like we did in the Raptor series, but now it's, yeah, it's different Amway center. You still only have like 4,000 fans allowed in the, in the building. So you're heavily, you know, limited in that regard, maybe, come playoff you know playoff time and in in may that it gets expanded as more and more people get the vaccine but um it's i I can't look at it the same obviously look two years ago the magic went on an amazing run just an insane run to get into the playoffs but they were healthy that or they they got healthy at least for the most part and that was it's 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 completely different from a roster perspective right. one thing with this schedule too right now is if the magic do try when you do want to try and put themselves in the play-in situation the last four games on the schedule are all on the road you're at milwaukee you're at atlanta and then you finish with a back-to-back in philly 
as the, for the final four games of the season. Yeah. So again, if even if they want to try and get into the play in game, which look, all those players on the roster want to win. Right. Tanking, it's not their decision. That's the, those types of minute decisions come down to the front office and even the coaching staff if the front office is leaning on them heavily to maybe make a few different minutes decisions or rotational minutes. Cause that happens. Let's be honest. It does happen if teams are trying to tank, you know? So in a situation where you have both, uh, you know, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman and Steve Clifford who have one more season on their contract after this year. So come summer 2020, they're all out of contracts unless they get, you know, extended between now and then. That's something you also got to factor in as well is are they going to be around in, in 15 months? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And like you said, you know, Adam, you, you said that players don't want to tank. And I think that's something that like people for some reason don't take into account. They act like these players aren't playing for their jobs and for contracts. And Oh, by the way, they hate losing. They're competitive people. That's the reason why they are where they are. <laughs> So, so it, it only makes sense. Um, yeah. I, and that's also a good perspective, Adam, that you offered with, you know, the, it's uncertain how many fans the arena will hold. So if we were to take this specific scenario, move it two years ago, people would be like, I, I probably won't even be able to get a ticket to a postseason game. So, it, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I'm sure I want the team to win, but. And also if you're sneaking into the play in, you're not hosting the games, but both <laughs> games are at either the seventh or the eighth seeds place. So again, you'd have to win just to get into the postseason, mm-hmm. And then in the postseason, you would host two home games. So, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot going on in there. Yeah. You know, trying to compare it to, to two years ago, I think there's just so many variables that went into it. I think the biggest was probably the playoff drought. But now that we've been in the playoffs the last two years, we're like, okay, this is great. But at some point we want more. And I think a lot of people, they think that the best route to more is to take a few months of a tank, end up with a top draft pick, add a top prospect, put that with the rest of our young nucleus. And then hopefully two, three years from now, that manifests into something really, really special. So, um, but I'm glad that you brought up the, the point about, you know, tanking is really mostly on the job of the front office and their ability to influence the roster and also the coaching staff. The players are playing to win regardless. You know, I think there are people in the fan base, unfortunately, that almost expect and want the players to want to lose. <laughs> and when that's what you want, you're not going to get the results that you want because it just forms, you know, bad habits and people laugh about culture. But, you know, there, there I think there is a lot of significance to the team's culture and the, the shift that, this front office has tried to make in the team's culture over the past few years. But in regards to the front office making decisions and potentially influencing the, the coaching staff. So just like a week and a half ago when, um, you know, Mo Bamba had a, had a great fourth quarter. I forget what team it was now, but um, great fourth quarter just went absolutely nuts. And then uh, after the, the next day, reporters asked Steve Clifford on whether or not that was going to kind of force his hand to play Mo Bamba. And he came out and said, no, Ken Birch is our backup. We're sticking with Ken Birch, blah, blah, blah. And then the other night after the Brooklyn game, he's like, oh, well, you know, things are well before the Brooklyn game, actually prior to that a few days ago, he started to say that going forward, we're really going to base the, the, the lineups and the minutes off of matchups on the matchup of that night. 
Like for instance, against Detroit, Mo didn't play whatsoever. He opted to go with Ken Birch. Now Mo's got some minutes Thursday night against the Nets and Steve Clifford comes out and is saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to switch things up now. Mo's going to get some minutes because we need to keep these guys in rhythm. So Luke, I guess I can leave with you first. Just ask you, do you think something happened with the front office going to Cliff? Like why the sudden change of tune? It's almost out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Adam can offer, you know, more perspective that maybe I haven't thought of to this point, but Mo wasn't, I mean, we've gone through the timeline so many times. I almost hate to do it again, but Mo wasn't playing. People said, is it COVID related? Mo comes out publicly says, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm conditioned. I think I'm to the point where I need to be. I just want the minutes. So, and that wasn't verbatim, but you know, kind of the gist of it, I think. Um, so he says, you know, those things makes us think this is, you know, this is kind of odd. Oh, you know, what's the, what's the dynamic like behind the scenes? Cause we really don't know. Um, and then you've, you know, you, you get the part where Clifford says it's listen, centers our deepest position. And uh, you know, unfortunately that's just kind of how the, the dice has been rolled and the hand that's been dealt to us right now for or de- Delta Mo rather. Um, and he starts talking about things that would be good for Mo to work on in the future and things that he's liked, you know, about his game that are going to help him in the future. And it just sounded like where their future's not aligned. Um, but now, I mean, Kim got a, a, a DNP coach decision and Mo is playing. I mean, Mo was lucky to touch the court in a blowout to start the year. So I don't know what changed. I don't, I don't know if the, the, the front office said something to Cliff or, you know, there was a message relayed to them, or I don't know what that would be. And maybe Adam, like I said, maybe you have some thoughts um, on kind of the topic. I know you've probably thought about it as much as we have in terms of Mo. And, you know, there's been the free Mo train that started on Twitter and all those things, which I love. But, um, and again, nothing against Kim. We just want to see Mo, at least most of us do. Um, But Adam, where do you kind of stand on that whole situation? Yeah, and it's kind of funny that, that people people have gone from free mode to actually play mode. Because if you free mode, then he's probably not in the magic anymore. <laughs> so it's just play mode. So right. we'll, we'll, we'll go that route. But I guess it's a, it's just your perspective on how you view both Cam and Mo. You know, as as you said, Luke Cam got his his first DNP last night. His first DNP of the season. You know, he was the the third guy who played every game next to you know along with Vooch and Dwayne. And now we're down to two, but. I mean, it, it could be either way with, with how you look at it. It could be that Mo's playing because he's being showcased to be traded away from here. You know, it's it could be that medically from the athletic trainer's perspective, the 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 shackles are off, basically, where where they're comfortable in him getting heavier, much more pressured, you know, pressurized second minute, you know, second unit minutes where he's in the first quarter instead of just the fourth quarter against like a scrub third unit or something, you know? So, mm-hmm. which, and, and to be, to be fair, in some of those four, you know, fourth quarters that Mo was playing and putting up a lot of numbers, I mean, he was still doing it against, you know, first unit, second units, but um, I mean, my viewpoint is that definitely the front office communicated something because, yeah you know, something, something's going on. It could be, like I said, that Mo's getting dealt away, or it could be that they felt that practice, you know, that they felt that Cliff had to just play him and see how he did. And, you know, the Utah loss, it, it's tough to decide because a lot of people played badly. You know, it was Vooch and then Bamba was the best scorer on the team. 
because we saw Terrence and Evan play horribly in that. Uh, on the other, on the defensive end, you're seeing Mo, you know, against Golden State, he got a couple blocks or deflected, you know, got uh, deflected a couple shots and balls and whatnot. But you know, during the, those that first those first few weeks where he was playing in the fourth quarter, I, the way I was seeing was, yeah, he was putting up a lot of good numbers, but he either it was rust or maybe there was some long hauler COVID type effects that we're not going to find out because then you're getting into HIPAA type health laws and, and, and issues like that. But uh, he, he's moving around much better. His stamina seems to be a lot better. And I think we're going to see Mo play for, for a while here for a good stretch until it just gets to the point where either Clifford's just frustrated with playing with him or some type of trade happens because there's going to have to be a decision made here at the trade deadline because Ken Birch is going to be a free agent this summer as well. So either you can ship off Ken to a playoff or even title contending team that needs a big like Ken, who is an elite screen setter, who he's not going to block a lot of shots, but I mean, he, he handles himself pretty well on the boards and he's, he's the strongest player on our team. Um, But the future should be Mo theoretically. That's why he got drafted as high as he did whether he can consistently put together, you know, decent performances over, a, you know, 12, 24 minutes a night. I don't know. Um, I was kind of hoping last night that, that Clifford, because the magic were down by a lot uh, at that point during the Utah game, that Cliff would actually play Vooch with Bamba together just to see if that would change anything in the game. But Steve is very resistant on that. Definitely. I think the, the other possibility that we haven't brought up yet is that potentially Kem is being held out to, you know, save him from some type of injury. I mean, he's been showcased, I think, as much as he would need to be this season. What you see with Kem is what you're going to get. You know, and I don't think he needs to be showcased. Like you said, strong. He's one of the, you know, when he's playing regular minutes, he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the league, one of the best screen setters in the league, uh, a very strong guy that has some defensive versatility when it comes to the four and the five. Uh, a team like Brooklyn that we talked about earlier could probably use a guy, you know, like Ken Birch, you know, coming off of the bench. I know they've got Nick Claxton there. DeAndre Jordan is just, I don't even think we can call him DeAndre Jordan anymore because he's just, he's just not, he's a shell of his former self. But um, I'm really hoping that it's not to showcase Mo when I would be brokenhearted. I just, <laughs> I really like the kid. Just I'm biased. I'm sorry. Um, but I think given the expectation when we drafted him, where we drafted him, you knew it was going to be three, four years at least before he started to look like a legitimate NBA player. And now halfway through his third season, when the first two seasons have been really injury riddled, you're going to ship him out. I'm just, I'm hoping that is not the case. Um, I'll be really disappointed just from uh, somebody who likes to root for Mo, but also just from the philosophy, I guess, from the front office that, you know, their strategy and, and what they thought of Mo changed that much over the last two years. But, um, I think we're going to find out in the next few weeks here. Uh, we're just under uh, four weeks away from the, the trade deadline right now. So I, that's perfect segue to our next topic here. All right, let's take a quick break. So the NBA trade line, uh, trade deadline is coming up. Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and now, you know, Ken Bircher, Mo Bamba. These are names that we've been talking about potentially for months some of these guys getting moved, um, whoever wants to take this first, do we think anything happens? I, I mean, I th- feel like we have this conversation every week, but 
What do we think? I, I think Evan's getting traded. I I wish they would have done it if if not last offseason, maybe as soon as Markel went down and you realized, oh, we're we're in big trouble here. Cause at that point Fournier was actually playing pretty well uh when he wasn't uh out with the back spasms and whatnot. But the problem with it now with with trying to trade Evan away is what can he get back? Uh I mean I've seen I've seen some articles and reports saying that you might actually be able to get like a, a first rounder from a from a playoff team, which you're looking at you know, 20, 30 range, basically, which we know the front office doesn't really like picks in that range to begin with. They're pretty much lottery or I don't want the pick, but uh, it's, I mean, ideally I I would like to get a young talent and can you ship them off to Portland and get Anthony Simons back? I don't know. Um, Can you trade them to Denver and, and take back, Gary Harris is two years left on his contract and get RJ Hampton somehow, you know, that's kind of my thinking uh, is if you can get him for a young wing, a young, a young scorer, go for it. Um, and I'm at the point where I fun. Evan's a funny guy in the locker room. You know, I was in the locker room for five, six years when during all those, those losing seasons. And, you know, we've, we've said players hate losing and, when you get into a losing culture situation, it's terrible. But I mean, Evan, he's, he's got the right uh, attitude of, of snarkiness with optimism, with just motivation to just not accept losing. So as much as I don't like seeing him on the court, he is typically pretty good in the locker room with those guys. Uh, But on the court, it's, it's just such a long history of him making bad decisions. We'll take the clutch shots here and there. We'll take, you know, some good three point shooting, but I mean, it's time. It's time. I mean, virtual hate to see him go, obviously, but I mean, Nick knows that I think for the team to to get better, we, this has to end. Do you think, so you, are you saying Evan is probably on, in your opinion, he's the most likely to get traded at the, at the break, at the deadline? I think so, because if you trade, you know, if Kem Birch gets dealt, he's going to be part of a bigger package. He's either going to get shipped off, shipped out with a guy like Evan or AG or Ross. It's not going to be just Kem, I don't think, because Kem makes like three, 3.3 million, yeah. right? So, I mean, you're going to get maybe two second round picks if you're lucky. So, again, it's, I'd rather. I'd rather just have Kim's body because we're, you know, who knows how, how, how many, how, how many more games we're going to have eight or nine active players available at this point. And look, when Kim signed, you know, you know, last time when his contract was up, he signed knowing most likely that he was going to be the third, third guy, the third center on this team. So there's still a situation where, you know, the magic could still have both Mo and Kim come the start of next season. It's possible. You know, Kim spent all those years fighting in Europe just to get his shot in the NBA, and he's living that NBA life. And if he's got to take a, th- a third big man role, he'll do it. But um, I-, I think Evan's the most likely guy. Um, I think Aaron is the guy that you can get the most back for, absolutely. But then again, next season, he's going to be, you know, in the final year of his contract in that regards. But I think there's a situation where you can utilize Aaron. And maybe this lottery pick, whatever the magic get, 
to maybe go after a guy like Bradley Beal. I don't think that's out of the question. If you can somehow put a package like that together. Now, do the wizards want to trade uh, Bradley Beal within their division? You know, because there's rumors about maybe Charlotte trying to get involved to get, you know, LaMelo Ball, a, 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 a big time scorer like that. But I think Aaron, his val he's most likely, if he's going to get dealt, I think it, for Aaron, it's going to happen in the summer. Do you, do you think that, I mean, based by what you just said, you probably don't, but how long AG's been held out with his ankle sprain that, you know, teams, when they, when they're tanking, you know, they tend to say, you know, keep, take a few nights off, you know, take your time, nurse that injury. Um, but we also know that this can happen if a player is on the block and every outlet wants AG, I feel like to be traded. That doesn't mean that's going to happen um, by any means, but I was also thinking about that because right now I get real like paranoid about everything, right? Like as a lot of people that are really plugged in the NBA do, Oh, why isn't this guy playing? Oh, why'd this guy get a DNP? And why is this kid playing over him? It's it, with AG. It's hard not to look at it. You know, I know it's an ankle sprain and you know, those can, those can be bad, but it's like, they're saying, Oh, he won't be back till after all-star break and we'll see and whatever. Um, so I don't know. Do you do you think there's any merit to him being held out to thinking that's going toward a trade and they're holding him out or no? I mean, right now he's he's out because of the ankle sprain. I mean, that was that was a really bad bad ankle yeah. sprain. That's about as bad as that gets without like breaking something. Basically, right. what happened to him in the in that Raptor game, which again, thank you Kyle Lowry for the <laughs> uh, the cheap shot earlier uh, in that game. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's with AG. If AG's not dealt by March 25th, I mean, both him and Cole are probably going to be held out till who knows, maybe late April, you know, early May, there's a situation where they'll definitely bring him along real slowly. Right. Uh, especially if, you know, knock on wood, you, you've got guys like Chuma and if Aminu's still on the team, uh, you know, both those guys are healthy, then you're, you're okay at the power forward position. Because I mean, if you look at Aminu right now, Aminu might be a very prime trade candidate as well, because we're all assuming he's going to pick up his player option this summer for $10 million, but we don't necessarily know that he might want out of Orlando or, you know, he might be more suited on a team, maybe going back to Portland that, that could use somebody like him uh, for a playoff run. And now it depends. I mean, people, people within the team say, you know, how, how really popular is with the team. He's got a big locker room presence, even though he seems like the quietest, shyest guy in the world to me. Uh, but we'll, we'll see with that. But when it comes to Aaron, I mean, let's think about this, okay? In my opinion, you know, out of all the Magics, uh, I guess we'll call them power forwards, even though, you know, we're going down the positionless basketball route. But, I mean, the two guys you want to keep for your power forward, small forward positions going forward, in my mind, are Chuma and Isaac. Those are the two guys I envision starting in the future. So at, at that point, you're looking at, well, who's the odd man out? I mean, Amino, he's still recovering. You can have him coming off the bench. But Aaron, you, you got to go get something for him. I mean, Aaron, com- in some type of package, can get you that elite score, that number one scoring option, I think, that you're looking for. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Aaron is the odd guy out when it comes to the forward of the power forward, small forward position. Um, real quick, I just want to circle back to Kim. We talked to Philip Rossman Reich uh, a few weeks back, and he had mentioned that the path that Kim has taken to the NBA playing overseas 
signing with the Magic, playing his butt off, and you know for the most part this season has earned that backup role. That goes a long way with guys in the locker room, and for the team to just take the the backup role away from Kem and give it to Mo, you know you're you're going down a, a slippery slope there of accountability and guys earning their playing time. So that's kind of goes into my thinking of why he might be being held out for trade purposes because if you're just sitting him to sitting to sit him I could see that causing a little bit of an issue in the locker room but I I could be totally wrong about that but I'm right there with you I think Evan is probably the guy that's most likely to be traded Aaron you still have so much time on his contract Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting I mean we've got four weeks to go here I know we keep saying that Luke we talk about this every week but we definitely wanted to, to get Adam's thoughts on that so I wanted to take this opportunity to try to pivot to NBA top shot. So one of the the big reasons that we brought Adam on because from everybody that I follow on Twitter, um, Adam seems to be the the most involved. And I think you've been um, interested in in messing around with NBA top shot for quite some time. So if you just want to first give your best explanation of what exactly it is, and then kind of how you got turned on to it, and then just uh, your experience with it so far. Yeah, I've been I've been involved in NBA Top Shot for five weeks now, which is a lifetime in Top Shot terms because it's, I mean, it's basically been around for not even a year at this point. Uh, and those first like six months, it was only literally a couple hundred people on it. So, but base if if you're into you know trading cards, be it the NBA, you know, it, think of it just as an online version of it where. Instead of these static cards that you hold in your hand, that you collect in your hand, that you, you know, put them in a case or mount them somewhere, it's, it lives online. It's, and instead of these just static photos, it's moments, it's highlights that are of, you know, assists, dunks. And there's a cryptocurrency factor to it, which I've never been involved in cryptocurrency in my life. I didn't know what an NFT, what a non-fungible token was until I heard about NBA Top Shot. Mm-hmm. Um but that's basically what an NFT is a non-fungible token where it's, it lives online. It's not, it's not tangible. It's not something you can, you can hold obviously in essence, it's nothing. And yet you have people paying $208,000 for, you know, a LeBron James highlight, a LeBron James moment. And it's, it's insane. I first heard about it and feel free if you want to throw questions at me or interrupt me or whatnot, but I first heard about it on like January 19th or 20th. I heard it just random on uh, the ringers mismatch podcast with uh, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor that do it. I heard him talking about, I think Vernon was talking about uh, like a John Morant moment that he bought and how quickly like it jumped up in value. And I was just like, well, I love the NBA. Uh, it's a pandemic. So I got a little bit of time to maybe get into the financial hobby at, at the moment. So I checked it out and quickly I saw that there was an opportunity to combine, you know, my fandom, my love for the magic, uh, my finance background and, ha- you know, have fun with it, but also try and just make, you know, some quick money. Cause that's what the majority of people are in it right now are in it to try and make a quick buck. Let's, let's be honest. But as quickly, I figured out that I could see myself doing this for, for a while. I could see myself being involved in this for, for years if, if done right. You know, so I started, I threw in, um, you know, like 875 bucks I threw in with, uh, with a credit card purchase. That's the other thing with this, because there's, 
this whole world of NFTs, non-fungible tokens that exist, they, there's stuff that's, you know, if you've ever, if you ever Google stuff like crypto kitties or crypto punks, or there's, you can buy art off of there, or that's, that's just online. Um, this is the first time that you actually don't need to use like Bitcoin or Ethereum or other right. cryptocurrencies to actually get in. You can use your card, you can use a credit card. So, I mean, that's what I did. And I mean, I put in 875 bucks and I mean, you know, the, the market or the marketplace has been kind of low for the past uh, couple of days, but I, I'm in my portfolio or my collections valued in the low five digits right now. So I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy. There's guys that got in like three months ago who put, there's a guy who put nine grand in and he's a millionaire. He's a top shot millionaire <laughs> right now. Good for him. That's insane, man. I uh, so I'll sorry to interrupt you, Adam. Um, no, no, no. You you you're good. So I'm, I, by now, if you had never heard of Top Shot prior to this um, conversation with Adam, you're probably asking yourself the same questions I was asking myself three or four days ago, um, which is, what's the big deal? Um, how do I get my hands on a pack to then open it? Um, now what I came to soon realize was the hard part isn't by affording a pack. The hard part is getting your hands on the pack because right now the demand is so much higher than the supply. Um, and, and as a result, it just, that's why these cards are selling for so much money. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it, guys. There's, there's, you know, they started out with series one, which is, you know, a string of of moments um, that aren't, to be made ever again then there's a series two which is what they're on right now um i was fortunate enough they just introduced a um pre-order um uh, type thing and jonathan and i were lucky enough adam i'm sure you jumped in on the pre-order train there uh and got the the nine the nine dollar packs uh pre-ordered and we'll get those here in a couple weeks um but adam did you did you get your hands on the the premium or did you were you a nine dollar were they even doing that for the like the hundred dollar one um, so yeah, and, and just a, a bit more background info. So what makes this so popular is that it's officially licensed by the NBA and the players association, right. they're getting a cut of this. And that's why you're seeing players, players are, get involved. And yet, yet players are just now finding out. <laughs> well, well, yeah, some, yeah, some are finding out, some are asking for free moments, um, which <laughs> it's funny because Cole Anthony was doing that, I think three days ago and his rookie moment is going for like 600 bucks right now. So um, I, I have, I, I just have a few things of advice, basically uh, never sell uh, any of your moments for a loss, hold it. Cause uh, odds are it's, it's going to jump up in value quicker than you think. So never sell for a loss and don't give your uh, <laughs> don't give your, any moments away for free to millionaires, especially NBA players, because they're all getting hooked up by by Dapper Labs, the company that runs all this. They're out in Vancouver, Canada, but they all get hooked up with with packs, and those packs are worth at least minimum a couple thousand dollars on their own. So, right, but yeah, um, and, and yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot if you can repeat the question before. Sorry, I went on the tangent right there. Um, I, I don't know if you wanted to repeat what the what the previous question was. I'm gonna be I, honest with you. Adam. I think I he forgot the question, but what I can say I've is that the... I'm gonna be keeping my eyes on Dapper Labs IPO when when that stock <laughs> if it ever goes public, I'm gonna be all over that because I do think you know because the start of the pandemic, 
Adam, as you can see behind me, I kind of got into sports memorabilia a little bit. And part of that was also getting into some of the trading cards. Like I have some Chuma Okiki. I have a lot of Chuma Okiki rookie cards now. I've got some Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz rookie cards that I'm hoping will go up in value and I'll be able to perhaps cash in on that. Um, but Panini, if you guys aren't aware, is like the biggest sports card manufacturer and producer um, in regards to the NBA and the NFL. Panini started their own virtual cards, you know, a, a year or so ago. Yeah, it was like and two years Top ago. Shot, Top Shot has just come in and just completely, in my opinion, blown that out of the water. It's such a superior product because they've really got the NBA players talking about it. And when it comes in terms of it's an actual moment and a highlight, like if DJ Augustine's game winner against the Raptors ever comes out, I will, I will cut off my arm to get that moment. Like it's just going to be stuff like that, that you can't really offer in uh, what the, what Panini is currently offering. But um, yeah, I remember Luke's question now with the packs and stuff, but so, I mean, but some of the players did invest here at the beginning. Uh, Aaron Gordon of the magic. He's an investor in top shot. Um, there's other guys like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Andre Iguodala. There's there's a couple others. Like they got Tyler Hero to be kind of the face of of, of Top Shot. But you know, Jonathan, you're right. They uh, you know, the, Panini did something similar with I think it was just MLB with Major League Baseball. But it's basically just online static cards, and that just that never caught on. But here with the highlight stuff, it's it, it's working with the actual moments. And you know, Luke, you're right. I mean you know, they did series one for last season, which was, you know, the 2019, 20 season. So the series go based off the NBA season. So we're in series two right now for this 2020, 2021 season, it'll run through the finals. And then, you know, and then the, you know, series three will come out for the 2021, 2022 season. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. And, and now because the NBA is just, you know, is making some decent money off this because for every every time you sell a card on the marketplace dapper labs keeps five percent and some of that gets divvied out to the nba and the players association so and and jonathan i wanted you because also people are still probably sitting there asking why on god's green earth would i purchase a pack for more than the nine dollar pack jonathan um i don't want to you know have to put you on the spot here but jonathan ventured out and got a hundred dollar pack and i jonathan tell them about like your experience with that hundred dollar pack and what a return has looked like you know so far early on in that all right so i just want to preface this i am not a financial advisor okay (laughs) i feel like every podcast nowadays if you're talking about bitcoin or gamestop or now top shot you have to say i'm not a just i'm not a doctor but um so what i will say and and part of luke's question about the the availability of the packs is right now whenever top shot decides to do a, what they're calling a drop of packs they're doing them in limited fashion i think because they're just trying to keep up with the supply and, and and make the product right now if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong on that um adam feel free to to jump in here if i'm, I'm misspeaking yeah but- so I, I i do want to hear what you got in your 99 dollars <laughs> premium pack because i am jealous um <laughs> so they've been experimenting with different pack drop systems so what they did you know, we're, we're talking Sunday night right now. So what they did Saturday yesterday was a completely brand new thing for the pre-order pack of the $9. So where were you guys in line queue? Remember I was like nine, I had about 19,000 people in front of me. So I was in there for about two hours. Cause there's about like a 45 to 55 minute period of time where they were having issues processing orders and stuff. So it went 64, longer. 64,000 and it took me four hours, uh, 153,000 and it oh. took me five hours. I was going to say, did, did you get it before the Magic Jazz game tipped off? 
Well, yes. so yeah, no, I got it like I think I did right before maybe, but um, but yeah, no, that <laughs> that was the thing about it. I actually thought we had some friends over, and so I had my laptop just charging, and um, and so we had some of our friends over, and then I completely forgot. Like I, but the last time I looked, I was like eighty nine thousandth. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll, I got a few hours. Um, I come back over to my laptop and like my screen is completely different. And I was like, oh. I was like, wait, 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 what's going on? Did I lose my spot? And then I go and look and it, it, I got an email saying your pre-order was confirmed after I like, they, they like rerouted me to a payment screen when I went to like view my packs. So thankfully top shot was on top of that for the people that fall asleep at the wheel. Like me, um, I was able to pay and then get around to that. Uh, Jonathan, tell us uh, about that, that $99 pack and then we'll move on there. Yeah. So when it comes to the drops, so for instance, what was that Thursday or Friday, whenever that premium drop was, they only sold 6,000, roughly 6,000 packs. When I got into the queue, there were 145,000 people trying to get one of those 6,000 spots. So I was lucky enough, and I, I don't know, one of you guys can do the math on that, but it's very, it's a very slim chance that you get into the drop. You had a much it, less than 10% chance. There you, you go. You're closer to like 5% chance, basically. There you go. So one in 20, one out of every 20 people had the ability to buy one of these packs. So I was like, what the heck? I just got my tax return, so we're out here balling. Um, <laughs> so I was like, what the heck? I know, I know how lucrative and volatile it is right now, it's like, let, let me just see, you know, what, what can happen. I think with the premium pack, you are guaranteed at least, what is it, like a gold metallic, Adam? Yeah, it's a metallic gold limited edition, uh, right. which, is, which, is the, which is a rare card, yes. So I, the, the rarest card that I ended up getting was a Dylan Brooks, um, I think it was a Dylan Brooks layup. Yeah, uh, I think it. I forget. I think it was numbered to like five thousand or or six, fifteen hundred. I don't really remember. He thinks because it didn't last long in his. It didn't collection. last long. Well, it didn't well, last long. well. The metallic golds are out of four hundred and ninety nine. So okay. well, much rarer than I thought. So what I did really quickly, I went to the marketplace with that Dylan Brooks card, and I saw that it was the Adam's um, about to lose his mind that you sold this card. Well, hey. well, no, hey, well, hold on. What'd you sell it at? Because if you look now in the market, the, those values have dipped. So, so I sold it for $900. So hey. I was just looking, I, I 9x my money in the blink of an eye. Um, I had a few other cards. Um, I, I did give one to Luke. I'm, I'm a real homie. He can attest to that. Give You're me good a, friend. Clint, a Clint Capella dunk. Yeah. So okay. uh, then I had um I had a, a Nikola Vucevic layup, which I'm I'm keeping. Any magic player that I get, I, I'm gonna keep that. I also purchased um a, a Markel Fultz jump shot because one of the more nice. cards out there right now. Very um, nice. And then I had a Draymond Green um assist. I had a, a Darius Baisley dunk, and then there was one other player that I had. Um but RJ so back. sold, sold all of those. Um and I Did have RJ? Like, RJ Barrett, yes, RJ Barrett yeah. as well. So I think after the 5% fees that Dapper takes, I ended up with like 970 bucks off of that pack. So right you're now, basically for me, 10 times your money. Exactly. The, the demand is so high. If you're guaranteed to get a rare card like that, you have the ability right now to eight, nine, 10 X your money like that. I don't think that's going to last, you know, as there's more supply and more people get into the site and everything like that, it's probably going to dip. It might end up coming back over that in the future. But right now, if you're looking to get in and, and make a quick buck, the opportunity is definitely there. Yeah, and I mean, look, you, I, I, I was doing the same thing when I, when I started. I was doing the quick flips where I, whatever profit I, I could take, I took it and I leveled up. 
I have some horror stories now where mm-hmm. some cars that I sold went ridiculously high. I was the one who sold the LeBron James No Look 3 for $106. Oh, no. <laughs> that reached. What was that number to? Um, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great number, uh, but it was the LeBron. It, it doesn't need to be, uh, yeah, with, right. Especially I mean, early on, like early that. on right now, cereals, unless you have like either you get the serial number of their, you know, either you get number one, their Jersey number, the very last serial number of the series. So if you get serial number 350 out of 350, that has some value. Then there's other weird ones like 69, 420 are popular. Uh, the guy's zip code, Creeps. uh, you know, I know Slovenia's country co- uh, country phone code is three eight six. Because again, a- any any number that you that might be enticing to someone, odds are is enticing to someone. So uh, I mean, I, I got some random. You know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I packed some random Will uh, Will Barton card. It was the serial number was five five five, and his jersey number is five, and I sold that at like a premium. But I mean, with these moments, it's it's crazy because. I mean, you did, I mean, you, right now you did the right thing in selling that Dylan Brooks, because I think it's going for like seven fifty right now. So you're actually, you're, you're making out. Okay. Um, now with those, with those moments, because there's things called challenges where, you know, you, they'll ask, you know, it, you to collect a certain variety of cards or a certain amount of cards. And then your reward is you get this, this rare card. That's never going to be in packs. You know, it's, you can sell that late, you know, later on and make a profit, but I mean, with, with stuff like the metallic golds and whatnot, um, you know, you can either sell it and make your profit now or hold on to it and wait for it to either go in value because the player becomes really good or it gets involved in a challenge and then it's more, you know, wanted, more needed. And that goes, you know, up, but I mean, the, the, with the pack system, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's changed so much. Uh, you know, when I joined January 20th, like for the first three weeks it was like a first, you know, first come first serve so there was nights where they would do these random drops and look this isn't open entirely to the public yet even though they got like over 150,000 users now probably you know when I joined in you know late mid-January it was like 15 20,000 users That's crazy. so it's it's blowing up um you know I, I remember January 27th the best day uh top shot had in, in marketplace sales was seven million dollars and you look last week they had a day where they had like 47 million dollars in market sales so it's just going insane right now but yeah with the packs you know those first couple of weeks i was on because it there wasn't just as many people as there are now they had a free-for-all system they didn't have like a queue you could basically so there were nights there, there's a couple of nights i had one night where i got eight packs in a night and then there was one night where i got six packs in a night um at nine dollars a pop and but the thing is is some you know some of those values the values didn't explode at that time it ended up happening you know later on because i did stuff like sell a lebron for 106 dollars that at its peak i think reached 2400 dollars. it's at like a it's like a value of 1400 now but i got it at a profit you know i got it for free out of a pack so you know, yeah. in a $9 pack, I still sold that thing for 106 and took it and bought something else. I mean, but I, I'm telling you, I knew, I knew this was something when like the, on that first day I joined, I bought a Giannis Dedekumbo dunk card for like $152. And I sold it literally a week later, exactly for $534. So, I mean, it's, it's just 
profits and flips like that in, in, in no time where it's, it's very enticing for sure. Um, but I, I missed out on the $99 premium pack. I missed out on the $999 hollow legend pack uh, that came out a couple weeks ago. My co-host Penny did get it. And let's just say he's in the process of selling. Uh, he, he, he packed a Carmelo Anthony and he, he's in the process of selling that in the low five digits from a $999 pack. So um, hopefully that gets done this week. We're, sure. I'm hoping, but uh, it's, there's definitely money to be made it's tough now because it's hard it's hard to get your hands on a pack you know they, they introduced a queue system where a couple of weeks ago you know the queue system came out you can't get more than one pack anymore now it's impossible with how many people want to get one um now they did the pre-order thing i mean this website is in beta i've never been in a, on a website where it's in beta where we're all early adopters no matter what time you got in if you get now because this website isn't open to the public to everybody it's not worldwide yet you know imagine when this opens up to like china it's like it's going to be insane how much money is going to come through that, that's what i was saying adam i was saying that to jonathan before i was like jonathan you know if they're in china yet and he was like, I don't know, but that's a great point because that they would go crazy for this for this product. And I was saying like, so then there's probably some value in holding on to those some of these early cards for the time that it does go global because those cards will go insane. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's it's going to be crazy because I mean, right now your best way and and over the past couple of weeks they've been periods of time where they completely just you know with that. Dapper turned off the ability to create a top shot account. Um, you know, I, I gave my two tips where it was, you know, never give a moment free to a millionaire or to an NBA player. Uh, never, uh, uh, always, always sell for profit, never sell for a loss. But uh, yeah, my, my third point, and gosh, I just forgot what my third point was going to be. So that's, that's, that's a Sunday night for you. But um, my, no, my third point is don't invest money that you need to pull out immediately. Because that's one thing they're working on right now is the withdrawal process. Um, it's it's going to take, you know, if you need your money to pay bills, to pay your mortgage, to pay your rent, don't expect to get your hands on this, on the money that you put in for at least three months, because they're, they're catching up so much right now. Um, once my account hit a month, I went through the identity check process. So I mean, this is a big deal because I mean, in the crypto world, there's there's money laundering thing, you know, things that you got to keep an eye on. But here, they're making it as legitimate as possible because it's the NBA that's involved. They don't want to be in some type of money laundering scandal. So, because of just this influx of users, um, it's been taking them. You know, Dapper's playing a lot of catch up with trying to get you know withdrawals to be more common for for people for all users, and they're they're getting there. They're hiring a ton of people every day it's you know they're when you're making millions upon millions of dollars a day already like you can do that but um just if you're gonna get into it put just your fun money in it don't put your your i need access to this money within a few months type of money so just be smart with that um and do your own research if you have a gut feeling on a player like hey i think jordan clarkson's gonna win six man of the year his moment seems low I'm going to buy it when he wins the award. I, it might go up in value. I'll make my money back. Or I think Joel Embiid's moment right here looks pretty cheap. I think he's going to win MVP. I know it's going to go up in value when he wins MVP. Let me get this. So 
I mean, you, you can, there's so many resources that are both on top shot, but then just all over Twitter. I mean, there's so many people now that have like podcasts and YouTube channels already that are trying to make a living off this and they will, because this is going to have millions of people in it by probably the end of the finals. They're going to have millions of people and they're all only at 150,000 users right now. So the, i the fact that you brought up the LeBron card where now you're like kicking yourself. So just like the little bit of investing that I've been doing the last few weeks, I mean, top shot as part of that is if I could give any advice to people is if you win, like if you have a win and you make a profit, just be happy with the profit. Don't get caught up in the emotions of, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Be happy. If you win, be sad. If you lose it, just try to keep that winning momentum going. If you're investing in you, you're good at that. Just try to, because because you'll kill yourself over stuff like that. Like if LeBron wins another Finals MVP or something like that this year, and that card goes crazy, don't don't beat yourself up about it. Like you you made the profit and, and be happy with that. I do think there is a a bit of a a bubble to this right now. And um, is that what that's going to look like two three years from now? I have no idea when there's millions of users. But right now it's a heck of a lot of fun. If you get lucky enough to buy a pack, chances are right now you're going to be able to to flip it you know, and, and make some cash. But like Adam said, don't be uh, don't expect to pull your money out. Cause I tried to do that. And I was like, Oh, there's 150,000 people on this app. And right now, like 6,000 people can withdraw their money. So, but we'll see what happens with that. But um, any final thoughts on top shot fellows? I think I, that was an awesome conversation. Um, no, I'm Adam. If you'll uh, stick on the call here after, I've got a couple questions for you. So oh, that's about no, it. Absolutely, you so guys insider can, trading. Anybody can hit me up in in my DMs. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. I actually, <laughs> I actually used to be, but uh, I, I, I'm not liable for any decisions that you that you make. But um, no, I mean you're right. You're right, Jonathan, about the whole take your profits. Don't be, don't be sad about taking your profits because either you're going to be able to just, you know, withdraw money or you're going to be able to invest in something else. My two best investments has been buying uh, a Kawhi Leonard, that one finger block he had against Jamal Murray in the playoffs. I bought that thing for $144. It's worth, um, it's, it's worth about $900 at the moment right now. Um, I'm going to sell that probably in, in in a little bit but it's, it's gonna be Kawhi is very <laughs> Kawhi is very uh very underrated right now in top shot but uh and then the the other one was uh the Giannis Adetokounmpo MVP move series I bought a dunk from that for $399 that thing's worth about 2700 right now so um again don't kick yourself don't panic if you see the market dip it's it's a roller coaster but the roller coaster in the end is going up because i've been in i've i've been in for five weeks i've seen three market crashes or at least significant dips and i've seen two crazy rises in the market and right now in the moment we're, we're in the middle of a, of a dip or at least a, a you know a, 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 it's, not, it's not a huge one but it's a dip so mm-hmm. who knows when that next huge rise comes so you know it's just trust your gut do your research if you if you feel like you made a mistake it's okay because odds are time is going to forgive you and time is going to actually turn what seems like a loss into a positive so that's it but i'm happy to answer any questions and it's it's fun right now folks don't play with your mortgage money just play with your allowance or whatever it is have fun with it if you make some money but 
Adam, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. Uh, I'm glad that we got to talk Top Shot. I'm glad that we also got to talk Orlando Magic Basketball. If you guys haven't checked out the, the Penny and Pops podcast uh, that, uh, that Adam and Spencer Stroh do, you guys definitely need to check that out. Those guys do a great job. Uh, but for always, for well, always, for Luke, Adam, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!